Sisters and elders, welcome to the Preach My Gospel Training Podcast. I'm your host, Julia Carlson, and today we have with us Elder Marcus B. Nash, who served as a young missionary in the El Salvador San Salvador Mission. Today, he's the executive director of the missionary department. Now, Elder Nash, you've been in a lot of places with a lot of missionaries. Is that right? I have. On almost every continent on the planet, I've been with missionaries, interviewed missionaries, taught missionaries, taught with missionaries, and and I love the sisters and the elders. We're so glad you're here with us today. We also have Dave Weedman. Now, Dave served as a young missionary in Japan. He served with his wife in the California Los Angeles mission. That's right. And also spent some time in the presidency at the Provo Missionary Training Center. So, Dave, you're today the managing director of the missionary department. You've got some experience, too. I, I do. And just like Elder Nash, I love missionaries. I have children who are missionaries. My family's been blessed by missionaries. I have sons-in-laws and daughter-in-laws who came into the gospel through missionaries. Their parents came into the gospel. I love missionaries. We're so glad you're here with us today. Today's topic is about the missionary purpose. And we have a lot of things we could discuss today, but I'd like to start with this question. How does living the doctrine of Christ help me as a missionary to fulfill my purpose? Go ahead, Dave. Elders and sisters, um, I love the doctrine of Christ. Um, our, our missionary purpose is to, stated very simply, is to invite and help others live the doctrine of Christ. We invite others to come unto Christ by helping them receive the restored gospel through faith in Jesus Christ and his atonement, repentance, baptism, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and enduring to the end. I love those words. Inviting and helping someone do something, we need to do it first. We need to live the doctrine of Christ ourselves. We need to feel that power, elders and sisters, in our heart, in our soul. And as we do that, then we can invite and help others, elders and sisters. We're on moral high ground when we invite someone to join us in living the doctrine of Christ and feeling the blessings that God gives us through living the doctrine. I love that. So we have Alma the Younger. He was described in the scriptures as among the vilest of sinners. Um, And he repented, had an incredible experience in his repentance. And then he, as he comes out of this experience, he says to those who are around him and who've been fasting and praying for him, he says, behold, he says, behold, I am born of the spirit. And the Lord said unto me, marvel not that all mankind, yea, men and women, all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. That's, that's universal coverage, elders and sisters. It's wherever you're serving. <laughs> All mankind must be born again, be born of God, changed from their carnal and fallen state to a state of righteousness, being redeemed of God, becoming his sons and daughters. From this moment on, later, when Alma's talking to one of his sons, he says these words. He said, from that time, even into now, I've labored without ceasing. Now listen to what he says, that I might bring souls unto repentance. Why? That I might bring them to taste of the exceeding joy of which I did taste. That they might also, also be born of God and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, now behold, O my son, he continues, 
The Lord doth give me exceedingly great joy in the fruit of my labors, for because of the word which he has imparted unto me, behold, many have been born of God. I love this, these words, and have tasted as I have tasted, and have seen eye to eye as I have seen. Therefore they do know of these things of which I have spoken, as I do know. So we have a man here who uh, returned to God, and instead of bitterness, there was sweetness in his soul. And he tasted it. He kept the taste fresh in his soul by sharing it with others and reliving the experience again and again and again as he saw the light come on in their eyes, they tasted it. Um, and it was a source of tremendous joy to a soul. And it's hard to, to take someone and lift them to a higher level uh, or to taste the joy if, you ha if you're not tasting it. You know, you have both really underscored that concept that the missionaries have to live this so that mm -hmm. they can share it and help people through this process. But you're making me wonder, what does it really look like in the day-to-day -day life of yeah. a missionary to be living the doctrine of Christ? You see, all of us, all of us are children of, of our Father in heaven. And we're on this earth for a purpose, to learn, grow, taste the bitter, to know the sweet, and to become like him and inherit eternal life, which is God's life, the greatest of all the gifts of God. And part of this process is, you know, the central core of this is that we grow by exercising our agency. That means there'll be opposition. Um, resistance training, if you're talking about physical exercise, develops muscular strength. Yeah. And, and opposition, making choices with opposition to follow Christ, grows us. And it's, it's key to our growth. So think of this, if the way to succeed in our Father's plan of salvation, uh, he's given us, he, he's given us a very simple formula of success and it will always work. That is, you have faith, you have confidence or trust in Christ. You have enough confidence and trust in him that you'll actually move your feet. You'll follow him. Now that means repentance. That means you'll stop doing some things you shouldn't be doing. And it means you'll start doing some things you should have been doing, perhaps. And he, he's patient with this. So let us start small and just start walking and following him. Well, then we enter to covenants with him through baptism and other ordinances of the gospel. And once we are in the covenants, now we bind ourselves to him. And, and he will actually participate in the lifting, sanctifying process through the gift of the Holy Ghost. So he'll guide and direct us and sanctify us. And then we endure to the end, elders and sisters, <laughs> We endure to the end in exercising faith in Christ under repentance. Re receiving, participating in the ordinances. You're going to partake of the sacrament, I hope, weekly as much as you can. You'll walk with the Holy Ghost and then you'll fall short because you're a human being. Just like the people you teach, have you ever seen them fall short? Well, they're human beings too. Yeah. And the beauty of this is that it's part, it's just, it's part of the plan. He knows we need to repent constantly. So we endure to the end and living this pattern. And so if you get irritated at your companion, well, what are you going to do? You'll think of Christ, how he'd have you live. You'll apologize. You'll repent. And you'll continue to keep your covenants, have the Holy Ghost, and you'll endure to the end and living that way. Well, when we live that way, then we put ourselves in a position where, where the Lord, who is a God of miracles, can bless us. Yeah, it's so simple that way when you think about it. Yeah. I love that. 
Well, Elder Christofferson said this, so I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. He said, it's remarkably difficult to reach the point where the missionary purpose drives missionary work. It will be a continuing challenge for you to keep clear the distinction between the purpose on the one hand and the means used to achieve the purpose on the other hand. It's so easy for the means to become the end, for us to lose ourselves in missionary activities such that they become ends in themselves. Why is this the case? Have you seen this in your experience? Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is, um, it, it's, I saw it a lot. And in fact, in some ways, it's kind of um, something we watched for at certain points in time. About six months into a mission, or maybe 12 months into a mission, uh, there's moments in time when your your love for the work and the skills that you have are imbalanced. You love the work when you're in the MTC, but you don't have an awful lot of skills. And then as your skill level comes up, sometimes your love for the work goes into neutral. Hmm. It goes into neutral. And and that's that's a time to be very you gotta watch that. There's a great scripture that that I, I love in Second Nephi twenty eight thirty. And it talks about line upon line, precept on precept, here a little and there a little. This is this, as Elder Nash talked about, this progression, this, this growth. And, but then it says something. It says, and blessed are those who hearken unto my precepts. So hearken, listen, and do. Yeah. Hearken unto my precepts and lend an ear to my counsel, for they'll learn wisdom. For unto him that receiveth, I will give more. So as we follow, the Lord is going to ask us to do more. And then here's the, here's the clincher. From them that will say, we have enough, from them shall be taken away that which they have. Hmm. So the Lord's saying there basically, he's going to help us grow. But if we ever plateau or think we've plateaued, we're actually declining. We're actually falling down. I, I had a Elder one time who was in a situation like this. I was watching and looking uh, across, across the audience in Los Angeles at his own conference. He was just a super elder. But I noticed something or felt something. I think I felt something more than anything. And I invited him to meet with me. And, and uh, I said, you're an absolutely phenomenal leader. Um, and I'm sensing that you could give more. And uh, he smiled, and uh, and uh, he said, "Yeah, I can give more." <laughs> I said, "Okay, well, uh, can I help?" And he said, "No." He says, "I know exactly what I need to do." Wow. There were things he needed to do to live the doctrine of Christ a little bit better. I don't know what they were to this day, but the change in him was just remarkable. I mean, it was really, really, really remarkable. And uh, to this day, he reminds me of that conversation. He's married, has a couple of kids, and just doing phenomenal work. Now, I don't know what would have happened if, if he plateaued and nothing would have been said. I think I do. I think it, the outcome wouldn't have been as good. But living the doctrine of Christ as a missionary, sometimes um, you plateau, elders and sisters. And when you do, step back and figure it out. Figure out what more you need to do. Yeah. So I want to point out one thing about this quote that you read, uh, Julia, from Elder Christofferson. He says things really well. <laughs> and he says, it's so easy for the means to become the end, for us to lose ourselves in missionary activities such that they become ends in themselves. So let me read something. This is what Ammon said to his brethren. 
and he's glorying in the power of the Lord, he readily acknowledges it wasn't him. It's a power far beyond his own. And he says this, but behold, my beloved brethren, when we came into the wilderness, that we, we came into the wilderness, not with the intent to destroy our brethren, because a lot of the Nephites wanted to destroy them. He said, we didn't come with that intent. And then listen to what he says, but with the intent. What was the purpose that in their minds and their hearts for being there? That perhaps we might save some few of their souls. They couldn't bear the thought, as we read in, in Mosiah, they couldn't bear the thought that another soul should perish. So it's important, elders and sisters, to remind yourself why you're here. And it's not to fill a stat sheet. Um, no, those stats or whatever the, the key indicators you're, 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 you're keeping, they should all be pointed and used as a magnifying glass to look at people, souls you're seeking to save. Are they progressing? And the meaning, are they coming to sacrament meeting? You, know, you can see the things you can be doing to help that individual that's in your mind and heart move closer to Christ and live his doctrine, the doctrine of Christ. How do you think you, you can keep this foremost in your mind and heart? I mean, if we could pause and we have a discussion in our companionships, I can, Dave and I can sit here and talk about it. I think there's a lot of great answers to this. And I don't pretend to have the big answer, but I do think there's a core thing to do. And this may sound so predictable. Hope you forgive me for being predictable. But one thing that's key that you can do is partake of the sacrament mm -hmm. and do it in a genuine way where you are you you think i am promising i'm renewing my promise that i will remember him always now you remember him always that means how he lived how he acted how he loves taste a bit of his love as you remember him your intent will be pure and you won't confuse the means to the end your, your purpose will be pure, it'll be foremost, and you just watch the power that begins to come into your life. What a great insight, Elder Nash. I love that. Um, you're bringing back so many memories to my mind of being a missionary and having those feelings of like how easy it was to get distracted by worrying about, you know, reaching the goals that we'd set, which were important, or how is this going to make me look to the other missionaries in my district or zone, you know, and forget yourself and go to work actually means focus on the people, not how you look or, you know, how you feel in comparison with your own expectations. I just, um, it was really insightful. You know, the fuel that moves all this is, is love. It's love for Christ and a sense of gratitude for him and then feeling his love for the people. And it just brings such power. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask you this. What about our missionaries who are out there doing their best to live the doctrine of Christ and fulfill their purpose and are probably a little bit too hard on themselves? And when they hear this type of discussion, they just beat themselves up for not doing enough. What would you say to them? Well, uh, Julia, the first thing first thing I'd probably do is to take him to preach my gospel chapter one that talks about successful missionary. Yeah. Uh, successful missionary is defined by your commitment to find, teach, and baptize. 
I had so many elders and sisters who would come in and say, I'm, I'm just, I'm not good enough. My faith is, <laughs> I was curled up in a fetal position on the floor because some, some one of our uh, people we were teaching decided to not get baptized and I was just, it's like, here, read this. And I'd ask them to read it and they'd get to the word commitment and I'd stop. And then they'd read it again and I'd say, your success is defined by your commitment. And by the third time, they were in tears and I was in tears because I knew that they were committed and they knew that they were committed. And that's what the Lord asked. That's all the Lord asked that we're committed to do that. Sometimes we feel that in helping someone come to the Christ, Christ in the conversion process, we feel that if it uh, can be measured in, in three feet, that our job is two feet and 11 inches. And we kind of call the Savior in for the last, last yeah. inch. Yeah. The reality is our role in it is less than a fraction of an inch. And the Savior, God, the power of the Holy Ghost, others around us, members, others, that's where the conversion process takes place. Our role is important, but it's not all on us. So trust in the Savior. A few days ago, I heard someone talk about a son who was very young. One of our state presidency members contracted cancer, and he wanted a miracle in his life. And so he took it on himself to live the perfect life. And he said after three months, he was just exhausted because he was trying to, these yeah. were his words, trying to buy a miracle from God yeah. through his righteousness. And finally, one evening he was praying and uh, he said, I can't do any more. And he said, visually and with words, he says, I now hand my son to you. And when he did that, he said, I felt so much love and relief. Turn it to the Lord. Do your best. He'll take care of it. That's the work. So we have Nephi, who I think is one of the one of the great men of the ages. I mean, an incredible prophet, an incredible son, an incredible brother, an incredible husband, I'm sure, and father. Just he's just this wonderful man. Um, and he says this. Notwithstanding the great goodness of God in showing me his great and marvelous works, my heart exclaimeth, O wretched man that I am. I remember the first time I really read that. I thought, Nephi, wretched? That's a strong word, Nephi. You're right. amazing. And he says, Yea, my heart sorroweth because of my flesh. My soul grieveth because of mine iniquities. Then he goes on, wishing he were better than he is. Then he says this, it's interesting. He goes, nevertheless, I know in whom I have trusted. My God hath been my support. And he starts to review experiences he's had with God. And he concludes in crescendo. <laughs> he concludes by saying, I know that God will give liberty to him that asketh. And then he, can continue, then he concludes by saying, I will cry unto thee, my God the rock of my righteousness. Behold, my voice shall forever send up unto thee, my God, my rock, my everlasting God. There's a relationship there. So rather than, if you feel less complete, um, know how profoundly valued you are to God. You chose to serve him. How do you think he feels about you? Um, he is a kind and loving God. And, and if you feel inadequate, you just turn to him in prayer. Stop judging yourself. 
and let his love um, distill upon your soul, for surely it shall. And so elder and elders and sisters, uh, more than you know, you're good enough. Just live the doctrine of Christ. Sure, do you need to prove? Do you need to repent? Well, yeah, we all do. Every one of us. So accept that fact and just live the doctrine of Christ and know you're good enough. As you live that, if you're living the pattern, you're good enough. So Dave, do you want to say anything in conclusion? Thank you, Elder Nash. Elders and sisters, it's, it's a blessing working with Elder Nash in the missionary department. He is one of the great leaders in the church today. We are blessed to be led by apostles and prophets, and I, I witness them. I witness that they are holy men. Uh, they're concerned about the work. They talk about you. They, they form the missionary committee of the church. And they're very, very, very involved and very interested uh, in the work in you and in your growth and your progress, and they love you. Thanks, Dave. Um, I had a, just an impression come to me, <laughs> and I, as part of my bearing my witness, I think I'll read some words that I believe the Savior wants to say. Yeah. And uh, But first, I just want to bear my witness that I know that each of you is called of God, Think of the significance of that. Um, I know that Joseph Smith wasn't as a prophet of God. I know the Book of Mormon is the Book of Books. <laughs> to quote Elder Parley P. Pratt, I know it's true. I know that uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the Lord's true and living church, meaning revelation flows in real time at all levels of the church. I know we have a living prophet I just passed him in the hallway about a half hour ago. <laughs> and uh, he's full of light and life. I bear witness that I know that we have a loving Father in heaven. We are his children, and so all, the, all those were called to find and teach. And he loves his children with a perfect love. And I bear witness of the living Christ. I love him. I know him. And I feel authorized to read some words if, as if he were speaking to you. And I'm safe in saying this because I'm going to read from the scriptures, and they are his words. <laughs> he says this um, in Doctrine and Covenants, section 6. Verily, verily, I say unto you, as I said unto my disciples, I want you to imagine he's speaking to you, elders, sisters where two or three are gathered together in my name as touching one thing, behold, there will I be in the midst of them. Even so am I in the midst of you. Fear not to do good, my sons and my daughters. For whatsoever ye sow, that shall ye also reap. Therefore, if ye sow good, ye shall also reap good for your reward. Therefore, fear not, little flock, do good. Let earth and hell combine against you, for if you are built upon my rock, they cannot prevail. Behold, I do not condemn you. Go your ways and sin no more. Perform with soberness the work which I have commanded you. Look unto me in every thought. Doubt not. Fear not. Behold the wounds which pierced my side and also the prints of the nails of my hands and feet. When I read those words, I think... 
Isaiah is saying that he's engraving us. Be faithful, keep my commandments, and ye shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. And I close with that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Elders and sisters, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you'll act on the things you felt today. We pray for you every day. We love you, and we know you can do this. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.